Welcome to our segment, The Future of Wealth. Today, we are led by Bettina Dowdell, Multicultural Client Segment Senior Strategist. Bettina, welcome. I'll pass it over to you. Great. Welcome to Future of Wealth, a podcast where we explore the intersections between culture, the arts, philanthropy, and inclusive growth. I'm Bettina Dowdell, Senior Strategist in UBS's Multicultural Investor Segment, and we're beginning the year by speaking with thought leaders who are both in our circles and with whom we partner. Joining me today is Lenore Champagne-Byrne, founder and managing partner of Bright Ventures, a venture capital fund and strategy group focused on inclusive innovation. Its mission is to create an inclusive economy by integrating diverse perspectives and investing in the next generation of inclusive ventures through its VC fund. Lenore, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Bettina. It's always a pleasure to be with you and to collaborate with the UBS team. Oh, that's wonderful. So I'd like to begin with defining the term inclusive economy. What does it actually mean? Here at UBS, it includes reimagining the power of people and capital to create a better world for all, a world that's fair, sustainable, and allows everyone an opportunity to thrive. How would you define it? So I love our alignment here because to me, an inclusive economy is one where every person is able to both contribute their unique gifts and skills, but also able to create solutions for their own basic needs. And at Bright, we we break down this huge goal of building an inclusive economy in three ways. First, through coaching, offering the skills and leadership development and organizational development expertise to build great organizations. Second, through capital, we believe that we can all align our finances and investments with the world we aim to build, which, as I'm sure we'll discuss, is not only an exciting and noble aim, but also totally where the market opportunity of the future lies. And third, Mm -hmm. community, so making sure that people are connected to one another so that they can exchange insights and finances and skills and more. That's amazing. So now that we've defined it, can you tell us why those things are important to you? Can you share with us maybe a bit about your background, your work over the last decade or so that really led you not only to create an amazing community of like-minded individuals, but also a VC fund that invests in companies that walk the walk? Sure, I would love to, and it's a question we get often because my background is not one of a typical venture capitalist, and probably as a result of that, the way Bright's work comes to shape can be a bit atypical as well. So to take you back all the way, in my earliest years as a child, I was just totally fascinated by the way money worked and also by the inner workings of the mind and sort of psychology. And maybe it was a good thing that I did not have a clear path to a career in finance and economics. I just didn't have the example to follow. But I also Mm -hmm. didn't have a clear path to a career in psychology or mental health also because of lack of an example. And I wonder now if that was actually a gift because my curiosity in those areas led me on a windy road that exposed me to a unique set of insights. I think most notably, I had a job living and working and ultimately then investing in Haiti. And it was a a huge moment of insight for me because it was the first time in my life and career that I had been responsible for connecting capital and people in charge of capital to undercapitalized entrepreneurs and communities and people. Those under undercapitalized communities were much more what I had been familiar with um, in my life up to that point. 
And that light bulb that I could be that connector and bridge set me on a path of understanding if we were to build that bridge between where capital sits today and where it could do incredible work in the world, what would that bridge need to comprise? The answer for me lied in first mindset shift. And so I started out as an executive coach in 2014. At Bright, we've now coached thousands of hours with hundreds of entrepreneurs, supporting them in their own journey of creating something new. And then to a community at Bright in 2019, because we realized that there was incredible power in founders and entrepreneurs and innovators connecting with one another. And then more recently to the fund that you've mentioned in 2021. Uh, We believe these three parts work together to create something really unique. And again, I don't know if I would have come to this model if I hadn't had to sort of walk that walk. Wow. What what an incredible story. Um, Our chief investment office cites that the economic benefits of diversity in a more inclusive world underpin the view that investors should consider the diversity profile of their investments. You just mentioned uh, your fund. You closed on your first fund, investing in early-stage fintech, digital health, and future-of-work-focused companies. First off, congratulations, because not that many people can say that they've actually closed on a fund, let alone a venture capital fund. I would love to hear more about the strategy. Yes, absolutely. This is one of my favorite things to think about. And again, loving the alignment here. So um, at a high level, Bright's first fund invests up to $1 million each in pre-seed and seed stage ventures in FinTech, digital health, and the future of work. But to take a quick step back and contextualize that inside of uh, the great insights that you just mentioned from your CIO's office, Um, There are many ways to look at investing in inclusion. Uh, Some people think about the demographics of a founder or team because, of course, diverse ownership can build diverse wealth among diverse leaders. Uh, Other folks look at the color or the wealth profile of folks who will have job opportunities in a given company, again, to potentially shift wealth or income earnings. And then finally, some people think about who will benefit from a product or service that a company builds. We at Bright think about those things, but because of the nuance of our work around leadership development, our North Star is slightly different, so I'll give you some examples. First, we think about we underwrite healthy leaders. We look for founders who take real responsibility for their impact in the world and on their teams. And this is because leader well-being is incredibly closely tied with company success, but it's also very much tied to the fairness and sustainability that you mentioned in your definition of an inclusive economy at UBS. Mm-hmm. Um, we also underwrite to inclusive organizations. Uh, your CIO's office mentioned the, the benefit of diversity. There's uh, unequivocal data about the power of having a team that can think differently and work together mm-hmm. in um, across diverse perspectives. And so we will look for companies that have that great uh, that great advantage. And then finally, we at Bright get pretty specific about not just who a product serves, but how can a market be transformed by this company? So, for example, how can a company actually sustainably close a gap in the market? If there's a group of people who haven't been served, how do we make sure this company can not only serve those people, but close that gap? And this Mm -hmm. kind of thinking is really important if you want to achieve venture scale financial returns. It's also incredibly important for truly at scale impact. We were talking about how we were aligned. Um, in 2022, which is actually not that long ago, um, UBS's Wealth Management launched a group focused on inclusive investing. It's led by Lynette Jefferson, uh, head of Sustainable and Impact Investment Solutions. 
And we are currently defining inclusive investment kind of similar to what you said, um, an approach that empowers investors to support DE&I through deliberate investment choices that align with their principles and promote social objectives. I think creating this group, our inclusive investing group, has opened the door for the conversation. And um, switching gears, one of the many things that you do well, Lenora, is connect people. And as we kind of talked throughout this conversation, community is a huge focus for Bright Ventures. I was in awe of the number of community programs you have, including the Astri Collective, and that's the vehicle that led you to UBS by way of Jill Faraday Lloyd, a member of Astri and also one of our star financial advisors based in New York. Can you talk to us um, about a few of your community programs, including Astri, and what you've seen develop in the communities with, with their success? Absolutely. Happy to. So first principles around Bright's community is we've recognized that there is a force multiplier effect when founders, operators, and investors can connect amongst themselves and across those groups. And all of the community programs at Bright have grown out of a real observed need, either in the clients, in Bright's leadership development practice, or in our colleagues and collaborators in the funding community. So to give you some specifics on Astri, Astri, the Astri Collective is a membership community led by Bright's head of community and growth, Aisha Taylor Oates. And it was co-founded in 2021 by Bright and a private family office. The community serves to convene women in the asset allocation and family office leadership. And we created it because while we were totally sure that women have the power and the potential to change the economic reality in our country, we also heard from a number of women that some combination of implicit or explicit bias or burnout or feeling isolated or left out or even just not knowing where to begin was a barrier to them participating in asset allocation or in family office leadership in the way that they would envision or desire. And what we knew about the landscape of, of communities for women was there are certainly other places where women can go to co-invest and to get educated, and I'm a member of a number of wonderful other uh, communities for women. But what we thought was missing and where we thought Bright could play a really unique role was Bright has the tools and frameworks to help people adopt mindsets, habits, and skills for long-term change. That's embedded in our coaching philosophy, and it's really what's needed if you want to see a shift in gender leadership across asset allocation and family office leadership. So through the Ashery Collective, we aim to unleash women's pursuit of their own North Stars, whatever they are, and then equip them with the full support of the community behind them. As you mentioned, um, UBS and Jill Lloyd have been great champions of the Ashery community as it's taken shape, and we are just so excited about what's to come. No, we got to get you in there. I'm so I'm so thrilled about the plans for 2024. Aisha is a visionary in this space, and our collaborators and members have been so committed to the success of one another and to the community. So truly cannot wait to, to work with you all on it. Um, the, the other community that I would mention is Breathe. And Breathe, unfortunately, um, grew, out of, grew out of another need that we saw in our community of collaborators. In 2020, grief and, and anger dominated the daily lives of so many Americans and certainly was impacting the Black leaders in Bright's community and client base. 
And so we worked with a clinically trained psychologist to develop a special hour-long weekly experience called Breathe to support Black leaders' well-being as they live and work with racialized trauma, free and open offering in Bright's communities. Since then, Breathe is a free, open offering in Bright's community that we continue to, to have. That is so impressive, and I think it's amazing that you responded so quickly to, to fill that need. I mean, even you talking about it takes me back, and, and uh, feelings are coming up for me. Um, but, yes, the world is certainly becoming more diverse, and companies will require the kind of leadership that understands and can demonstrate just how they're incorporating and leveraging inclusion to drive growth. Earlier, you mentioned your coaching practice and how you are working with leaders and organizations to support and help implement their strategies, and I probably need to take you up on some of the things that you are teaching, including things that are habit-forming. Um, but in your view, what are the top three areas leaders should be focused on now and why? Oh, Bettina, okay. I couldn't, first of all, I could not agree more. The, the, the top line, I think, for leaders to understand is we are truly in a new place as a society, and this new place requires a new kind of leadership. And you're also correct, the practice at Bright is built for exactly that. We are committed to building, developing, and partnering with the best leaders in the world and equipping them with the skills to lead in the future. But if you're listening today and you are leading a team or even a family, I, I want to give you three places to focus, as Bettina suggests. So the first is your own health and well-being. Leader well-being is so closely tied to company success. It is also so closely tied to company outcomes. People, the fundamental building block of inclusion is people feeling like they can engage with the center of power. If you're the center of power, be someone who people can engage with. Second, think about building systems where people can actually contribute, where they feel like they can speak up, where they feel like they can collaborate. That is partially a culture game, and so it's very important to develop a culture that says, yes, and, right, and builds on ideas, but it's also partially a process game. So if you haven't done an audit of your processes for inclusion lately, that could be a wise thing to do. And then finally, as we're all thinking about where our market and economy are headed in 2024, recognize that leading inclusively means building a strategy that can engage and retain a truly broad set a fragmented today set of stakeholders, customers, and more. And so that's the third thing to have your eye on. How is your company engaging with and interacting with the broadest set of stakeholders um, that you reach? I I was feverishly writing down everything you were saying. (laughs) And what's interesting is the last thing you said, you know, while we feel that it's happening and we are, you know, becoming more broad and, and and maybe not all in one place. You're not going to find all your investors in one place. I don't know if we actually think about it as something to focus on specifically and also to talk about processes. So this is super, super helpful. Um, you've, you've certainly given us some gems. Um, something else that also differentiates Bright Ventures and also you, Lenore, in the world of VC and financial services generally for that matter is kind of what you talked about, weaving the healing of the mind and body into your day-to-day as part of your DNA. You are very deliberate in incorporating that in all facets of the business. And you mentioned that, you know, 
I guess studies show that it breeds more successful outcomes. But can you expand a little bit more on that and talk to us about why it's important to you? So one reason that I think this is important to me, but I think should also be important to others, is because innovation, I think we all understand, right, that innovation is required for success in our market. If you want to develop a new market or release a new product or just stand out, you're going to have to be innovative. What I think a lot of folks are missing is the link between well-being and innovation. And so to give you language for that link, the greatest predictor of innovation inside a company is the degree of psychological safety on a team. Wow. If a leader cannot create, right, right? So we think it's like maybe push harder and think bigger. Yes, and you don't get people's best ideas if they don't feel safe saying them. So investing in your well-being, both your willingness to raise your hand and share your own big ideas and your willingness to bring out ideas and collaboration in others is a key to unlocking innovation and therefore to a winning business formula. The second thing about why, you know, why I care so much about well-being, if we go back to Bright's mission, right, we're, we're on a mission to build an inclusive economy. Our big, big vision is to build a world where everyone can live in their own fullest expression. Unfortunately, so many of us are very close to the reality right now that we are living in a time of a global mental health crisis. And as folks are struggling with anxiety or depression or ADHD or other challenges, those things are constraining our ability to participate fully, not just economically, but in our lives. And that is incredibly personal to and important to me. Um, it's and, and and that is why it's embedded in literally everything that Bright does. Thanks for noticing that, by the way, Bettina. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, as someone who, you know, is a former therapist, um, I truly believe that um, we should put more weight on our total well-being, including our mental health, and I'm glad that you are vocalizing it and just saying it out loud. So I want to say thank you. Um, thank you for joining us and giving us an opportunity to hear about your journey, Bright's, Bright Ventures' mission, and the importance of inclusive growth and an inclusive economy. I mean, it's just good business. Uh, but I have two last questions for you, um, if you'll indulge me. What is one book you would recommend to our listeners interested in this space? And it could be any book on anything. And two, what is one thing our listeners can do today to help build a more inclusive economy? I am an avid reader and often have a longest book list, but as I was <laughs> reflecting on, <laughs> as I reflect on, if you're, if you're curious about the sort of context and data that supports this conversation, a fantastic place to start is a book called The Sum of Us by Heather McGee. I encourage everyone to check that book out. In terms of if someone listening today wants to take their own step toward building an inclusive economy, Hopefully you've started to hear kind of how we think about this. An inclusive economy requires an individual commitment and a collective uh, commitment. You can take an individual commitment today by looking after your own well-being and starting to think over some of the questions that we discussed in terms of your, your leadership and how you're showing up in the world. If you're ready to kind of come into community around inclusion, you are more than welcome to join us in a few places at Bright Ventures. You can certainly attend, again, a free open breeze session for black leaders. And if you stay tuned on LinkedIn, we'll drop invitations there. 
You're also welcome to learn more about membership for the ASHRAE Collective alongside uh, you, Bettina, and other colleagues at UBS, as well as many other amazing uh, women leaders. And there's more information about that on our website, ASHRAEcollective.co. Wonderful, wonderful. Lenora, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You have shared a wealth of knowledge. You've shared special gems with us. And, again, I can't thank you enough. For our listeners, whatever your priorities are around advancing inclusion, here at UBS, we believe your voice deserves to be heard and that there are ways that your investments can align with your personal story, your principles, and your passions. Thank you for tuning in to Future of Wealth. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreement and disclosures that we provide to you about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at UBS.com forward slash Relationship Summary or ask your UBS Financial Advisor for a copy. 